Welcome everybody to Slip Angle Show. I'm Austin Cabot. I'm Adam Jabay. What's happening, buddy? Not too much, man. I think we're about to record uh, the world's first podcast recorded while somebody is driving an ambulance. Oh, that's probably true. I can't imagine so, that's been a common theme in podcasting. Yeah, I just I realize I've had this thing for almost a year now, and we have not recorded a single single episode while I've been driving. No, I, and I'm standing at my build table in the basement staring at kingpin machine arms and a hall tech that I got to wire up and all my crap that I'm knuckles that I'm assembling for the race car. It's been a busy couple months. We haven't really done a show since PRI. So No, and uh, you know, I feel kind of bad about it, but getting shows out has been slightly sporadic. And but it might be for a little while That's just the way things longer. go. Yeah. That's um, the way things go. Well, for for what three two and a half years, we were pretty religious about it, and then yeah. it got it, when it starts to like in the middle of winter when it starts to not be like fun, and we're not making money at it. Like once in a while, you gotta try to make it fun again. You <laughs> know, I'll, I'll put this out there: if every listener would like to pay a dollar a month, ooh, that'd be um, nice. It, I think it would be worth our while Dude, a little I'll bit more. Three, I'll do three shows a week if everybody pays a dollar a month. We got a lot of listeners. <laughs> yeah, man. Dollar a month, we could, yeah, we could, we could definitely make that work. Oh, that'd be maybe sweet. I could, e- I could even get a, a track car again. You could, you could maybe even, um, oh, dude, a dollar a month. I would almost do five shows a week. <laughs> yes, we need, we need to make one of those commercials, like adopting pets and stuff. Yeah, you could, ad- you could uh, adopt with, your in the uh, arms of an angel playing in the oh, background. Man, I, I love that song, right? <laughs> <laughs> for for just one dollar a month, you, too you can support could, your starving podcast artist. You too could uh, could support the the, the long haired uh, Californian and the stupid tall Chicagoan. <laughs> uh, so how's how's so, California life right now? What's the temperature like out there? Um, it's been a little chilly, man. It's been a little chilly. Well, it was well, uh, it right when now? I woke up. Uh, I don't know. I'm in the ambulance, so oh, I'm not yeah. quite sure. I think it's. I think it was 60 degrees today here in okay. LA. Okay, it, it was 60 degrees here too. <laughs> yeah. See, so it's not really that much better. No, but oh, everything's green here. Everything's still like brown and and gray there. It's been bad. Last week, a week ago, we got uh, 18 inches of snow or something in about uh, a 24 or 36 hour time frame, and so everything was like it was like almost where do you put it kind of snow, you know. Um, See, last week was beautiful for us. It was like 70 degrees. This is like, this is the coldest it's been for any length of time since I've lived here. Yeah. Like, I woke up this morning, it was 45 degrees. That's pretty cold for you, especially since you don't have heat or AC in your house. Yeah, we did. We, Jessica went out and bought a space heater just because she felt like we needed it. (laughs) Just today? (laughs) Uh, Like two or three weeks ago. There was, there was like a cold weekend. That girl's got it. She's, she's got things uh, in order. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in the last three days, all the snow melted, and so everything is flooding. Uh, my sump nice. pump is running in the basement is running like crazy, and my backup is running, and like all my neighbors' basements flooded. Um, mine didn't. I'm good, so that's good. My uh, that is but, a a big plus. Oh, People yeah. out here in California are like, "What the hell's a basement?" A basement is a place that you cut into the ground and build a house on top of, and then you like fill a swimming it. pool. Uh, no, it's a it's, it's well similar. It's a it's a hollow swimming pool type area, and you fill it with all of the things you don't want to look at, and then you panic when it fills with water. <laughs> <laughs> Filling, yeah. ruining all the things that you forget that you even have. Yeah, complete and sheer panic uh, because. Uh, uh, those transmissions might get wet. Those 27 <laughs> transmissions you don't actually want anyway. And all those D-series heads. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, w- most we've ever gotten in my basement, half the basement's gotten like half an inch of water. I've, uh, mine's really, my house is built very well. It's got a good sump, it's got a good drain tile system and a good sump pit and stuff. But uh, when the power goes out and the sump pit goes out and then your battery backup sump pit is rotten and it doesn't work, 
um, then then you get a little bit of water. But yeah, I want to I want to start a small sump pump company and call it Lil Something Something. <laughs> I think that one's taken by a beer company or something. But uh, damn the 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 winter. How's the winter been for you? You've been uh, it's been, been good. Been enjoying it's California been good. winter again. Had had a lot of speed ventures events. Been trying to ride my motorcycle as much as possible. So it's uh, winter has not been too harsh for us here. Um, That's good. It's kind of one of the main reasons that we moved here. And that would be one of the reasons. Yeah. When you move, well, Atlanta, Atlanta had pretty good winters too. But yeah, uh, but I mean, it still get down into like the single digits sometimes. And and when it snows, the whole city would shut down for like a day or two. You get ice like once a year, and everybody panics and crashes into each other. And pretty much. Yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a problem in the South. Everybody runs on those bald all seasons, and then they get like a tenth of an inch of ice and slide into each other because they're not prepared and everything's bad. But. Well, for uh, for some of the listeners that don't know, you spend a lot of your time working outside regardless of the conditions. Uh, has it gotten cold enough yet to where you've had a day where you're just like, nope, not doing it? Yep. Uh I've had two days in the shop, um, and we kind of, my construction business is such that I can kind of schedule, especially in the wintertime or in like rainy weeks, we kind of just schedule day of, we, we, we have a few, a few things in the mix that we can kind of like, you know, we'll tell the customers, ah, we'll look at the weather, we'll see how it is, we'll call you in the morning, and, uh, and yeah, we've had several days where it's been like, oh, I'm working in the shop today and I'll prep a door or I'll stain a door and varnish things and build trim work, stuff like that. But um, and I've had several days in the grid life office uh, because that's actually becoming a real company and uh, I have too much work doing to do. Doing grid life work or yes. being a contractor? No, I am not working in the building. OK, OK. <laughs> we uh, yeah, I had a couple of days there and uh, I'm going to start going uh, going in there probably Mondays, uh, at least every other week. So that's It'll be a part-time job during, like, you know, the whole year, which would be kind of cool. So, well, tell uh, tell Chris just to keep a cot there, and uh, that can just be my hotel room when I'm in town. It's it's a cool office. He's got this office in this like work, um, kind of like work. Uh, what would you call it? He calls like it like a shared inc- shared workspace. Yeah, it's a, it's like a they call it the incubator, but it's like a you know just a small little office. You lock the door. Yeah, for like space, startups and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's a really and there's a lot of music industry stuff in there. Um, and, and there's, there's probably a, like like an onsite like barista serving coffee. There, there and, is. Uh, there yep, is. Yep. It's a, it's yeah, a really cool I, place, I know. So. I know what those places are like, man. I, I've always wanted one for myself. But I figured I would probably just go there and just sit and act like I was doing something, <laughs> but really not do anything at all. Yeah, you, you, there's like open workspace. You can like rent a desk and uh, and you walk out towards the bathroom and there's all these people at, at like open workspace desk areas. Uh, and you can tell they just need a place. A lot of them just need a place to like not be at home. And they're just checking. So it's like a email. college library <laughs> minus similar. all the books. It's really, really similar to college library. <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty cool. We were I was there last week or maybe the week before we had a we had a meeting with uh with a big, huge sanctioning body that shall not be named. Mm. Mm. Um, starts with an S. You can probably guess which NASCAR? one. NASCAR? Oh. No, not that one. No, not that one. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I, it, uh, it's a cool place. Things happening. Grid life, uh, grid life sales for the season are going pretty well. I should plug a few things, by the way, before I forget. Um, we've got cart battle coming up in Ohio at uh, at Full Throttle. I think it's Full Throttle, right? What's that place? Yeah, at? we've we've been there. Full yeah, Throttle that, Indoor Karting, yeah, Cincinnati, in, Ohio. In Cincinnati, that's right. Full Throttle. Um, and uh, yeah, got a bunch of spots for that. That's just going to be like a chill, you know, cart run around in carts and hang out night. Um, and I think that's the beginning of March. I forget the date actually, but um, 
and then uh, yeah, we uh, we do have some spots for Mid Ohio and Autobahn uh, Grid Life still for sale. So not everything sells out, just just the festivals. But um, yeah, no, it's going pretty well. It's going to be a good year, I think. I'm looking forward to yeah, it. I, so. I I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to this season. It's gonna be fun, man. You're able to get to like everything except for what Autobahn. Uh, I might even be making Autobahn. Okay, cool. We'll see. Speed Ventures is at Laguna Seca, but I just uh, talked with the proprietor of uh, Speed Ventures today, yep. and um, I may not need to work that one, which is fine um, because it is a little bit of a, a drive from yeah. Southern California. That's, what, five, six hours? Yeah, and I'm not going to get to drive there anyway. I'll just be working, so it's yeah. just kind of, you know, it's it's just another racetrack in my head to run an event at. Have you have you worked an event there yet or no? Yeah, yeah, I worked last year. Yeah, you rode your motorcycle up there, right? Yep. Yeah, that's I rode a motorcycle up and camped and it was uh it was a good time. Yeah, that's uh that would be a cool ride on a motorcycle. But... Yeah, it's not too bad, but the the coast there was actually there's was like a landslide a year ago. Yeah. And so the road is was closed, so you can't take highway 1 going up there. Oh, okay. Okay. So and I think in in April I'll be going to Coda because Speed Ventures runs an event one event at Coda every year. So yep. get to go see that place. Never been before, so that should be fun. Cool, cool. Uh, you and I talked. I would, if I can arrange a, a ride with uh, with our buddy Derek, maybe yeah, there's a chance I'd fly out for a day. Yeah, I uh, I hope that becomes reality. Ooh, that would that'd be, be really that'd be really cool. Yeah, his, his car's getting caged right now, so. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if you guys got any spots available for that event. That could be a lot of fun for a day. But I so yeah, it's. Um, I haven't. I haven't actually talked to Derek about that. Cause he's just. He just sent his car away to get caged. We'll see how it goes in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. He'll probably text me as soon as we put this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like as soon as he hears it, he'll be like, "Dude, you gotta come. You gotta come to Austin. <laughs> you gotta drive it, man. You gotta drive it. I gotta. I gotta place you can stay. My house. <laughs> <laughs> play my eye racing I'll be faster than you It's gonna be sick <laughs> can, You can play with my new baby German Shepherd That's right He does have a cute German Shepherd uh, So uh, so. so so this there's this, there's this one new hobby That I that I took up this this winter Oh yeah Somebody's um, been getting to do some driving um, While it's been cold outside Yeah And it's hard well, kind of Kind of driving Well I've been doing it When I should be sleeping It's the only time I have <laughs> but, um, Yeah our buddy Promo uh, One of our instructors At Gridlife Um he uh, he slapped together this computer out of parts for me and sent it down, and that was just enough motivation for me to buy a pedal set and then build a sim out of an old Civic seat and some scrap tubing. Um, and so I've been you've been enjoying it. I've been playing iRacing. racing. Yeah, it's it's yeah. hard, man, dude. It's it's so hard for somebody like me who's never played video games really. Um, and well, you don't you don't get as much feedback. No, like well, you don't get the sensation of hitting the brakes. Yeah, and, you know, it, that's the thing is it, it's it's not seat of the pants at all. Um, yeah. And so the the one thing that I it took me like literally two solid nights of like, all right, don't give up, don't quit, don't sell it. You you can figure this out, you know. <laughs> and uh, I can finally do a lap around Road Atlanta faster uh, than I can in real life, so that's cool. Um, without Dang. crashing. Now I, I can really only do about two or three laps, and then I screw it up and I crash into something. But um, <laughs> it, it, the two things that I've noticed are really hard in iRacing is, uh, one, you don't have that sensation of speed, and you don't have that seat-of-the-pants feel. Um, and uh, and braking is uh, is is different. So like your your physical inputs are different. Um, and then right. two, like you can't save slides nearly as well. <laughs> no, no, it well, just because it doesn't part happen. of it, 
you need you have to have that feel and feedback to can to be able to control the slide and i think like it the, it, the physics just aren't the same so once you get that yeah. thing slide and you go into the wall it, it's different but um like i could save a big old dramatic slide because i drove a crx and i've played with miatas and stuff like we can do those things right and you can't yeah. do it you can't do it in iRacing. <laughs> yeah like it makes you it makes you feel like a complete chump yeah yeah so no it's been it's been a lot of fun i've been i would uh, i would encourage anybody to uh to put some time in and if you do start and you suck, uh, which a lot of people who don't come from video game backgrounds, they got to retrain themselves to like think their way through a lap versus like seat of the pants, you know. Uh, I would encourage anybody to try it. It's been um, the one thing that that I think is really going to help me is visualization. It takes me a while in real life to visualize a track. You know, when you get done, mm -hmm. when you get off track, uh, and you you know sit down in you know in in the in the lawn chair or whatever. Um, it, I still wasn't able to visualize Road Atlanta, and I've driven there two race weekends and a couple HPD weekends, uh, and I was having trouble visualizing it. And now, uh, and since it's so accurate, you know, it's 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 ridiculous how accurate it is actually. The, yeah. The, the course layout, but now I have, I feel like I've got every curb and everything just nailed from doing probably six hours of i racing at Road Atlanta. So. Um, yeah, and then next time you show up, it'll just be. You know, kind of normal, yeah, more, more familiar. You know, that's yeah. that's uh, that's kind of the idea. I mean, I've only got like probably three, four hundred dollars into the setup, but if it saves me from balling up the car one time, like it pays for itself tenfold probably. So, but I but, mean, that's what like that's why pro race teams have simulators, things like that. Yeah, sims yeah. like at their actual facilities. Yeah, is exactly for that reason. No, I'm uh, I'm I'm looking forward to actually driving a car again versus uh, versus this, but I still have yeah. to finish building two cars, which has been. Uh, more work than I thought it would be, <laughs> but yeah, it uh, it's, it's been a long winter as far as uh, building cars and stuff. But that's been that's been kind of a highlight. I'm glad uh, I'm glad uh, Derek and Promo pushed me into into you know, and Brad Adams and Eric Cattell uh, pushed me into getting this thing put together and built. And uh, yeah, I would recommend it to anybody. Did they, it's, did it's they get you a headset and everything too, so you can talk to people? No, I just play it over the TV screen, and then I can't talk. I got to buy one of them headsets still. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't been actually doing their Tuesday night racing league because I don't have. I haven't gone through the through the licensing process that I racing it because I don't feel like I'm good enough yet. So I've just been kind of getting the getting the feel for it. And they do they do test nights and stuff, so I'll hop in on those. Yeah. But, uh, Track Midwest. So for, uh, the Facebook page has a has like an iRacing group. But yeah, that's what I was about to say for anybody that uh, that wants to race with those guys. Where where should they go? Uh, I or think who should just, they contact? Just Is look it promo up, uh, and, and Eric Cattell uh, and, and Derek, uh, Derek Yarborough. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just look up Track Midwest iRacing, uh, something like that. It's, okay. There's a Facebook page for it. it's a closed group. But the but I think, they I think Nolan Nolan Feathers has been doing a lot, too. hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's been doing it for a long yeah. time. Him and, yeah. and, and the fastest guy in uh, track Midwest iRacing is it. It, it's a Justin Hilly because he seems like he's done it forever, and he's also national champion in real life. <laughs> but uh, the dude is really fast. <laughs> yep. But uh, no, it's been fun. I, I'm uh, I'm surprised how the visualization uh, that that ability to like you know to really mentally ingrain a track into your head that has really been more of a surprise for me than I thought it would be. I didn't really go into it thinking, oh, that's gonna help in that aspect. Uh, I don't know why, but it just didn't really occur to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's going to be kind of huge in real life because it, you know, unless I've driven a track four or five times, I have a tough time really feeling comfortable. Um, and, 
And Cattill really, you know, he said yeah, he every track that he went to this year that was new, which is like five or six tracks and big ones like Watkins Glen, Road America. Uh, he would really, drive it on iRacing. Yeah, he sessioned it in iRacing. And then he would yep. go there and he would be, you know, right there with P1, P2, P3 uh, in, in class, like first session. So I remember back when I was doing some global time attack stuff, you know, when they were at Road Atlanta. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what I did. I, but not with iRacing. I did it with Forza. Mm-hmm. And I would just drive Road Atlanta for like hours and hours and hours every night. Yeah. Like the month and a half leading up to that event. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, man. And was able to walk away winning first yeah. time competing there. So that was kind of cool. Was that was that the first thing you competed in or did you compete in NASA first? Um, I think I did one NASA time trials day. Okay. Not even a weekend, just a day, like the weekend that I got my my time trials check ride. Okay. And then went down there for that because back at that time, NASA or um, Global Time Attack used to be NASA sanctioned and they okay. required that you have a NASA time trials license to yeah. be able to compete. That makes sense. So I had to make sure I got that done. Yep. So, what, so uh, yeah. Speaking of, uh, of competition, what kind of uh, racing have you been watching at uh, Speed Ventures events? You guys have So, uh, guys obviously, have Super thing. Miata stuff. Super yeah. Miata stuff. But the biggest thing that's new uh, is this new Spec Corvette series that just took off. They did their first race weekend uh, with us at Button Willow back in January. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Spec Class 4 C5 Corvettes. Okay. So, running on street tires, too. So they're running a uh, Falcon or? RT 615K, a 315. Okay. I thought um, I, I, I couldn't remember if you said it was 200 treadwear or if it, if it was spec tire. Yep. Yeah, it's a spec spec tire. Cool. Um, and I think a set of those for Corvettes under $1,000. And they last, so, which you know, last, all of us like Honda and Miata guys are like, what a thousand dollars for street tires? But that's a lot of rubber, man. A three fifteen, yeah, that's a big, that's a big tire. tire, and they last a long time versus like a Hoosier for a similar yeah. price uh, yep. for a Honda, you know. It's, so uh, yeah, and it's uh, the racing was like tight. Really there cool were class. really cool four class. or five racers. You can build those cars for probably less than twenty grand. After you and I talked, uh, I and I had seen something in a, in a forum somewhere about the rules, but I went and looked up the rules, and uh, we it's talked. Pretty basic. Yeah, we talked a few days ago when I was super crabby, and uh, and you were like, "Man, you what's what's the matter?" I, I was crabbing in the grid life uh, <laughs> in the grid life Slack chat, but um, <laughs> and then we just chatted for like an hour. But yeah, I looked up those rules, and that's a cool. It's a pretty chill like way to build a car you just put a cage in it like minimal yeah. mods uh, or there's a really lot cool of you know some class. of the some of the SCCA like t1 cars and yep. stuff um that can be kind of dumbed down a little bit yeah, yeah put some uh, street in that class yeah and there's tons of guys that used to race corvettes that are fully caged and they still have them but yeah. you know they just those cars aren't competitive in that class anymore so yeah, it's not the newest biggest gives best them, car yeah, it gives them a place to be able to compete. No, or for cool. somebody that, you know, wants to get into wheel-to-wheel racing, um, but that, you know, might also want a car that's still kind of fast at an open track day. Yeah, or you know, not everybody enjoys good. not everybody enjoys running by themselves at an open track day in a Miata or a, a Honda or something. You not know? everybody enjoys four-cylinder noise either. Yeah, yeah. So, and those cars, I mean, you think about it, parts for those are probably even easier to get at least at your local auto parts store than Honda stuff or Miata stuff. Yeah, and, and uh, they're pretty robust, especially if you take away some of the crazy G-forces that like a Hoosier puts into it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're pretty robust on track. You see, I mean, C5 Corvettes are like the new, they're like the new, they're like the loud Miata. Yeah, it's uh, it's they're, they're everywhere. We so I was I was joking around with some of the guys. It's probably the only race car that's out there 
that you can order a complete motor off of Amazon Prime and have it delivered to the track the next day. Can you really? Uh, I don't know, but it would make sense. I think well, you if, probably if can, out of actually. any motor, <laughs> out of any motor, it's probably that motor. You I'm, know, just an LS in general. Yeah, that I'm you gonna, could, I'm you could order. Up, but you can totally Amazon that. Yeah, just <laughs> Amazon Prime. Get a drop ship to the uh, to the the racetrack. Yeah, you yeah you can probably get an LS on Amazon. I'm gonna look real quick. And then you need like two <laughs> wrenches. Like everything on the thing's like what a nine sixteenths, <laughs> nine sixteenths and a half inch or something like that. Yeah, and that, that's all you need. You do everything. There's got to be an LS. Yep, you can get it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> GM Performance 6.2 oh, at man. least. LS3 430 wheel horse, 430 HP, 71.99. Only Amazon four Prime? Left in, yeah, only four left in stock. Order soon. Amazon Prime next <laughs> next day shipping. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and now here's another one. Uh, you got 6.2 LS3 GM Crate, uh, 84.98. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and free shipping on that one. Free shipping. Nobody, nobody said it would be cheap. No. But uh, you could definitely get your your race motor from Amazon. It might might be a better bet to go uh, to go somewhere like uh, the junkyard or your buddy's, you know, crashed Corvette. But yeah, it, uh, <laughs> that's, or that's think about it. In, in the Midwest, in the Midwest, there's race shops everywhere that do V8 stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, pretty much in the Midwest, if you need parts for. You know, a Ford V8 or a Chevy V8, you can probably find them in the next town over. Yeah, no, the, uh, put it on put it on Craigslist, you know, on your phone, and just you'll find it in ten minutes. If you need a five liter, if you need an LS thing, it, they're everywhere like, nowadays. I'm pretty certain the only reason that you know the guys in Lexington, Ohio, at the auto parts store know what Miatas are, are because the racetrack is there. If that track wasn't there, those guys wouldn't even know what a Miata is. There, there's there's probably not a lot of Miatas in the wild around mid Ohio. No, no, <laughs> no. I I highly doubt it. It's it's not a practical car for Ohio winters. Although there are some cool roads around there. Um, it uh, yeah, it's probably got more to do with the racetrack and the autocross scene in Ohio. <laughs> yep. Uh, you got uh, you got any other plans for uh, for for cars in the future? You've been uh, thinking about any track cars or anything? No, man. I've been thinking mm-hmm. about track motorcycles, though. Have you been thinking about RVs at all? That's a that's always a topic that you and I can go for two yeah. hours on. I, dude, I'm always I'm always thinking about RVs. Yeah. Always. Um, I've seen, seen some pretty cool stuff recently. So a couple of weeks ago, I sent you this thing. It was a, a Mitsubishi Fuso 4x4 that with a box on the back of it. <laughs> so cool. Um, you know, I would take the box off and, like, you know, figure out how to build a camper there. Or, yeah. Even buy a camper trailer and get it mounted on. Yeah. Um, but something that, like, you could take down to, to Baja, California, like down into Mexico. Absolutely, And yeah. drive it on the beach, camp on the beach, and, you know, essentially have, like, a world-traveling capable rig. That was the first time I found out that they sold those Mitsubishi Fusos in four-wheel drive, too. That, um, at the time, that was the only one that was up for sale yeah, uh, in the not U.S. Many, huh? not many. They, they definitely, they sold them, but I don't think they sold them in large quantities. Because for yeah. the most part, I mean, it's a box truck. It's a box yeah. truck. Who needs a four-wheel drive box truck? For the most part, as long as the roads are decently yeah. plowed, nobody you're not going to need a 4 by 4 one. You know, no. pro- probably nobody in the U.S. is ordering them compared to people overseas or whatever. So Right. It uh, and then you you said that you and uh, you and Mike Cohn had seen uh, like a really cool converted one. Um, yeah, yeah, we actually saw one that some guy had bought. I guess the Fuso had been used. It was a four wheel drive factory four wheel drive one. Yeah. Um, and had been used in like a farm in Pennsylvania or something. Um, so they drive it in the the wet fields and you know be able to throw all their crap in it and yeah. not get stuck. Um, but 
Cone and I were driving around, and there's a company called Four Wheel Camper that's like pretty much they. I think they built the first pop up campers. Yeah. Um, so it's a an in bed truck camper, and then the roof pops up, and it's like six foot four inside. Yeah. And I guess this guy had gone to them, and gotten you know them to make a custom box pop up camper. So I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, it's still somewhat low profile and all that. So I I messaged them just to see the ballpark of something like that, uh, what it would cost. Mm -hmm. And they got back to me like the next day. And to my surprise, uh, they said that they would not do it. They said that that one, while a fun project, uh, just it had so many little quirks and stuff that it really messed with their production flow and oh, put yeah. them behind schedule on everything else. Just not not something that they're capable of doing anymore, huh? Right. Uh, at, uh, you sent me a link to that thing. It was in it was in a, in a magazine, right? Yeah, um, it was in like a like four wheeler magazine really, or, really or cool some build. some off road magazine. Yeah. Um, it, it it got me thinking again about you know building an RV in the future, but. Um, which is something I really, really want to do. It wouldn't be four-wheel drive because that's not my jam. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I kind of want to build my own. I just don't have time right now. Um, but, yeah, that, that thing was really cool. Uh, you, like saw every- that, uh, you saw that converted ramp truck that I shared on, um, on the Track Midwest page, or not Track Midwest, on the Track Tune page recently, right? Just yeah, this the, week? The, uh, the V10 with, like, essentially an enclosed trailer on the back of it? Yeah, that, that's exactly what it looked like. It looked like an yeah. enclosed trailer. It was a van It's like they dropped, they dropped an enclosed trailer on the back of, like, a rollback flatbed. It, 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 it was really, I've never seen anything like that. It looked just like a regular enclosed, like, 20-foot trailer. <laughs> yeah, it was super nice. Like, it was nice inside with glossy, like, it was finished out really well. Yeah, it looks like a nice um, and, box. But. Yeah. And what's interesting, too, somebody pointed out here in California, uh, they have towing limits, speed limits. So, okay. you know, you really aren't supposed to exceed 55 miles an hour anytime you're towing anything. Yeah. But something like that, uh, you it wouldn't matter. You no. just blast down the freeway at 80 miles an hour and or not have to worry that about V10 it. V10 can take you to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so th- th- those Ford V10s get kind of a bad rap, but I know a bunch of people that that tow with they're them. Re- they're uh, reliable motors, and they're, they just and don't get good fuel economy. They're really easy to work on, uh, space wise. Yeah. Like they're not hard to get to. Versus like a seven three or six liter turbo diesel, they're kind of hard to work on. You can't really get a wrench on anything too easily. But you know, and part yeah. of me sometimes too. You know, I love the seven three and the ambulance, and I know it's going to run for a long time. Yeah. But part of me wishes I just would have bought a V10 regular van instead. Um, just because of how how loud this thing is and everything, yeah. like yeah, the old you know, Jess and I, yeah. yeah, Jessica and I drove this thing to Seattle and back for Christmas. Yeah, how'd that go? Uh, which it went really well. I mean, the thing gets fifteen and a half miles to the gallon. It's really not that um, bad. No, but there were times where, like, if it was cold, uh, I would have wanted to start it up and let it idle while we were sleeping. But it's so damn loud, I just decided not to. Yeah. So yeah, now the seven threes are real clattery, uh, and I guess some of them had really loose torque converters too, and that's where even more noise comes from. Oh yeah, um, and the earlier ones like ninety, ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousands, uh, more more of them had had louder torque converters. I guess my dad had huh. one. My dad's ninety, his is ninety nine. Um, his first torque converter lasted to like two seventy or three hundred thousand miles. Um, mm-hmm. And then it actually got stress cracks around the the perimeter of the torque converter, like in the weld, um, mm-hmm. and it, it had he had to change it out because the torque converter was leaking so bad. Um, wow! It might have been like four hundred thousand miles actually. The trans lasted four seventy nine, I think. But uh, okay. um, but yeah, when he put the new torque converter in, uh, the thing was like half as loud 
they put a like 2001 style torque converter in, uh, mm-hmm. and it was so much quieter than the original torque converter. So um, they just, you know, the torque converters were just loud. It's just what they were. Click, 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 yeah. you know, a lot, lot more clacks and bangs. But uh, yeah, regardless, they're not a quiet motor. Um, you just know, talking, not, talking so. about tow rigs and stuff, though, it, it brings up something that I wanted to talk on the show about. Um, there's been a lot of people like posting up about, you know, wanting to buy a truck and trailer and stuff. And while that's good, I think people need to analyze what the actual cost is and if it's actually really going to be a benefit to them or not. If they're, if they're doing five events a a season, does it really make sense to buy a truck, you know, that you're going to have the daily drive that's, you know, big and doesn't get very good gas mileage and store a trailer or does it make more sense just to drive the car to the track and that one time once every three years where something might happen where you have to get it towed home you just deal with it then just toss your buddy a couple hundred dollars you know yeah or you or you, know, you go I'd, back with a u-haul or you you figure it out you you come back you and know because i was it, so. i was of that mindset you know when i started tracking a lot yeah. i went out and bought a truck and trailer literally the day after each other and <laughs> yeah. uh you know it was nice to have but at the same time loading up for the events was just a pain in the butt and you know it is having it to is figure out work yep. yeah and then you know when the truck broke had to fix the truck or else i wouldn't be able to go to the track and blah 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 there, blah. there are some people who can get away with having the truck as a daily and obviously yeah. that's that that's one thing if you're gonna have a daily and you've got a rock solid truck that's the you know you got to have something to drive daily anyway that's not a problem um but yeah i know a lot of people who you know i know that they do five or six events a year which is it's nice to have the ability to take anything and everything you want um but i you know i've I've been towing almost the whole time i've been doing it doing track day stuff um because i had a truck and i had a trailer with work um right now now i've got the rv and a trailer and all that stuff Um, the rv is rad especially when you're hosting the event you need to bring everything because you just need to bring everything and then you know obviously like this year we we probably saved grid life thousands of dollars in hotel rooms because all you dudes crashed in the the rv RV. and and it was fun like i i almost don't i feel like i couldn't get away without it now um but I long for the days when I would just, you know, throw a bunch of crap in the back of the Civic on Friday night and then leave Saturday morning at 4 a.m. and run up to the track. Yeah. It was much simpler. Yeah. Those are fun you know, days. For, so. You know, when I, when I bought the FRS, I went back to doing that. Or when I bought the Miata, it was the same thing. You know, like the Miata, I don't think I ever trailered or, yeah, I never trailered the Miata or the FRS to a racetrack. Yep, yep. And it was so nice just to be able to, like, grab a bag of clothes my helmet and like yeah. some spare brake pads and know that you know if something happened at the track like i could borrow tools i borrowed stuff from you all the time <laughs> you borrowed stuff from everybody yeah yeah but so, but you also did you also had a car that you didn't have to work on much so yeah um and i, I can understand both camps uh it uh, i but i yeah i do kind of long for the days when it didn't take me f- three combined hours over four nights to load everything and then probably two hours to unload and clean everything and then wipe the rv out and get austin's austin's hair goo off of the bed sheets and (laughs) get all that vape stink out and unload everybody's beer (laughs) wipe down the hole in the bathroom floor where grant peed when there wasn't a toilet in there (laughs) that's true he did that Uh, no it uh it's it's there's there's a lot of pluses to both sides um 
but yeah, a lot of pe- there's a lot of people who spend a lot of money and burn themselves out paying for it uh, yeah. when they really don't need to have that dually and have that enclosed trailer. You know, I know a dude who and- bought a du- dually and an enclosed trailer, and he did one event last year. So wow, yeah, it's and and I know can- he doesn't he doesn't daily drive daily drive the truck either. So. Conversely, there are people that uh, say that they can't go to the track until they have a truck and trailer. So yeah, that's true. That's definitely that's definitely not something you actually need, and those people are wrong. But, yeah. Uh, no, it, there's a lot of ways to do this stupid hobby, but it's some some are a lot easier than others. That's for sure. Absolutely. I, I would love it if everybody showed up with just a car at uh, at our festival events, so that we'd have more paddocks. Oh, we'd have so much more space. <laughs> we'd have like, so much more space. We'd literally have like forty percent more paddock space. Trailers banned. Oh, 2018 tra- grid life season. Trailers banned. And, and and like at Midwest Festival, we had, and even at at, at Atlanta, we had lots. Uh, like you know, please, if you don't need the trailer, please get that thing out of here. Put it up in trailer boneyard. Uh, and those those boneyards were full, and there's trailers everywhere, and it's still like there's people bring a lot of crap to the racetrack. That's man. like a, it was like a like a freaking half acre to an acre full of just trailers packed tight, like a lot yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe more, maybe a couple acres at, at Gingerman. <laughs> it was a lot of space. But, uh, it uh, no, it, that's it's just a matter of like you know the the more the more space you have to bring stuff, the more stuff you will bring, and most of the time so you don't use any of it. But. We need we need a slip angle listener that has a tractor uh, with a ball on it that can like be lowered down and raised back up. Uh, and have them come out to events, at least festivals, and they can be trailer valet. That would be nice. SCCA yeah. did that at runoffs, I guess, this year at, at Indy. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, they had forklifts just moving trailers around because they didn't have any space. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a really good idea. Just pack yeah, those I mean, things in tight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is, like, when you're going around the paddock, asking people to move their trailers, sometimes they're already, like, settled in and everything, and it's they have to, like, unhooked. break down camp just to move the trailer. Yeah, and then they get so, it's, they it's, it's always much feet. appreciated. Yeah. yeah, it's much appreciated. But, you know, if somebody uh, somebody wanted to do trailer valet for us. That would be nice, yeah. 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 It, it, it actually, a forklift works really, really well because you can steer with the back wheels, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I move, I move I don't, this. I move them around in my shop with a forklift. Uh, that's assuming I, that the trailers are getting parked on a paved that's, surface. That's the problem though. is you need an off-road yeah. forklift or you'd need, uh, you need to be on pavement. But uh, yeah. no, it, uh, it, once everybody unhooks and everything, yeah, that's, it is what it is. You know, we, uh, we moved a trailer at South Festival on, what was that, Thursday. Um, and it was Ryan Literal, the, the drifter dude. Um, uh-huh. He must have had... We moved it with the CR, with the not the CR, the Ridge Line, the Grid Life Ridge Line, which, which really? Chris, Chris just got rid of. Yeah. Um, oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he just he just sent it to auction, and then he and huh. then he hated himself because the uh, then the the he bought this this like ancient uh, Porsche uh, Cayenne V8, um, and those things are surprisingly cheap, like hundred thousand dollar cars, like five grand. <laughs> but, yeah, they're super uh, cheap, man. But but they're also not cheap to fix. So he instantly started hating his life because it broke. But. Um, the uh, we moved the Ryan Ryan Literal's trailer with uh, with the ridge line, and the ridge the ridge line bottomed out completely. And I thought we were gonna break something because Literal must have had the tongue weight on this thing, dude. It it was like nine thousand pounds. It felt like because we had we had a three ton floor jack that was bending. 
Like, really? I don't know how you put so Holy much time away in a car from a trailer. But. Just all the wheels and tires are all up front. Yeah, like did he put? Did he have seven, seven spare engines up there? I don't know. But it was spare the most time weight I've ever seen. He didn't. Like, he didn't a twenty-eight foot trailer. Know, but he didn't want to call up or order on Amazon Prime for spare motors. So he brings no, like two he of them. He with didn't them. know that he could do that. Next day, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, it, uh, that is another thing that goes along with, with towing is you really gotta, you know, you gotta start paying attention to how you load the trailer and in order to get things right uh, and tow well, you gotta, it's a mm-hmm. whole nother, it's a whole nother like hobby. How do I load my trailer? What do I use yep. for, for a hitch? What kind of tires do I need? I gotta put tires on all these stupid axles on the trailer and blah, 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 blah. You know, makes, we, we have talked about harder. it on the show. We have talked about it on the show before. Um, that, you know, a lot of people, they're like, oh, no, I need a diesel truck. I need three-quarter ton. I need a one-ton yeah. to tow, like, their open car trailer. But I will I will tell you, you don't need it, but it does when you're tired at the oh, end yeah. of an event weekend. It is kind of And nice. you're driving home. The last thing you want to do is worry about extra stopping distance and stuff. And some of those big trucks, they handle it really, really well, and they're just so stable. Yeah, so the, if you're going to be drowsy while pulse, towing, <laughs> dr- drowsy while towing, yep. um, a big truck is actually really nice to have. An RV with terrible stopping distance, though, does have the advantage of having its own bathroom, and you can make pizza rolls while going 70 miles an hour. So That is true. <laughs> so, that, you know, there's pluses and minuses. And essentially, you're running an interstate bar in there. You're not serving drinks, but uh, drinks may or may not be being consumed. They, they, how many how many beers do you think got got consumed on the way to Mid Ohio and back? It must have been thirty. Uh, I'm pretty sure we killed like a case and a half, and it was like a twenty four pack or a thirty pack. It, it had maybe forty beers. <laughs> It, I was super jealous that uh, that you guys were up, were back there having so much fun, and I was steering this thing in the wind. But still, the, that that drive that drive back though, when everyone else passed out, and it was just like me and you. Up. That was great. Oh, yeah. dude, that was it open, was open all the windows, perfect temperature, like literally fish- driving driving down the middle of the interstate, like straddling two lanes because it was windy, and, and there was nobody out there, nobody around, like cutting through Ohio and Indiana. That was the, a great way the, to start the. That was a really great way to start the season. It was, yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, I, I remember, like at the same time, we were both like, "Can we just keep going? Like, let's not, yeah. let's just. Where do you think we can end up? Can we get to Texas? <laughs> we could totally get to Texas. We. Yeah. I remember we we both thought about it for like for a little bit, and you're like, "Nah, Sarah would kill me. <laughs> she would." And you had to fly out the next day or yeah. whatever. <laughs> and it was like Grant and Mike, and we didn't even have to ask them because we knew they'd be down. Yeah. No, I definitely Mike would be down. Grant could figure it out. Mike would have been down. <laughs> There's breweries everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Grant could find work. Uh, that was uh, that was a good way to start the season, man. I'm uh, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping we can have similar fun uh, with the RV, or if we buy a new one with the new RV. But oh, are you thinking about buying a new one? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been thinking about buying something a little bigger with a with a bigger engine and with more room and more power. Maybe a slide. So, Maybe a slide. Yeah, and a slide out. So yeah, I would. I would uh, there's one that I got in, my, in mind. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll take a look at it when it when everything uh, thaws out and the rain stops here. But a few um, of the Super Miata guys have some pretty nice RVs. One of them has a double slide on the left and the right. And yeah. oh my Dude, god, it, it gets so big, man. When you when you it's when you start opening literally, up literally, it's bigger than my apartment. I believe that, man. I believe it. The man. thing has to be okay. So it might not be bigger than my apartment, but it's got to be like at least 400 square feet inside. Yeah, I believe it. It's ridiculous. The, the one that the one that I kind of want to get even has a washer and dryer in it, which seems ridiculous. <laughs> but, 
that's crazy, man. <laughs> I kind of want to do it. That'd it, be so nice, though. Well, it, 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 it's a it, it's an aluminum frame too. Like so, it's oh, so, so you don't have to worry about yeah, it. There's no corrosion problems. You got real low mileage. It's a friend of uh, it's one of our suppliers at work. Uh, okay, and it's been under a roof its entire life. It's a 2001, so it's like nine years newer than my old one. Um, but then I look at the old one every day at work, and I'm like, man, that thing is rad. It's so cheap. It's so paid for. Um, and I got it all looking nice inside. I don't have to do too much to it. So, so if I don't, if I don't change anything, like it's who cares? Like we had a great time yeah. in it. We'll have more great times in it. But yeah, um, I, I am man. I'm torn by something bigger. It's five or six feet longer, which is gotta get something huge. something with bunks like Mike and Austin sized bunk beds. It uh, and, and and it's got, you, you remember how mine has like the kind of it's a little bit narrower track. It's like pickup truck size track. Yeah, uh, this thing's got semi truck track. Uh, oh, nice! So it's nice and stable. So it would be, it would, yeah, an air, a full air ride. I mean, um, if you, if somehow you could convert yours to that track width without would, spending a whole lot of money, it would uh, completely change it. It, it would. Um, if I keep mine this year, I'm going to go to a load distribution hitch, uh, and I think that would really help with towing. Um, and uh, and then I'll probably change the, sh the shocks. Look really new, but I have a feeling they just aren't. They just look clean. Uh, I'm going to probably, mm -hmm. probably upgrade the shocks um, and then maybe do a custom sway bar up front. Uh, it's got a big sway bar, so but you can people double them up. They just make a second mount, put another sway so bar. So you in, give up so. on the, the airlift air, airbag idea? I'll probably do that too. Uh, but realistically, if I want better ride and stuff, uh, you almost don't want to have... Unless I took a leaf out, like we were talking about a PRI, and then let the airbag do more supporting, um, you almost don't want to have more rate, more spring rate, which is the airbag would provide. So, right. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Regardless, we'll have a fun RV one way or the other. But um, the uh, I, I go into the thing like once a week and just check it out, make sure the this, everything looks everything's looking fine inside. And uh, man, nothing but smiles whenever I step into that thing. We had, we had a good season in that dump piece of crap old army <laughs> they're just so great man it I, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like a piece of crap no which well, is it's not what, i mean it's, in, yeah. it's a nice bus for what it is but i just kind of want something bigger that can power over the mountain going to road atlanta or go 80 miles an hour down to mid ohio you know but you it, need to uh, send you need need to sell it to somebody else in the grid life crew well brad adams has expressed interest in it if uh if i do sell it so you know i i just pictured that thing parked next to brad's house and i it totally fits I know. Doesn't doesn't it seem like it that does. would be the perfect place for it to live? Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> just thinking about where Brad lives, and picturing that thing there, it's perfect. I'd probably only I'd probably sell it for like ten grand. Like yeah. as is ten grand, like ready to and rock. His kids, so. Oh, dude, his kids would love it. Yeah, it, it, that's what he said. He said, you know, it would make it would make the weekends awesome. But yeah, um, yeah. It no. and he's he signed up for a lot of weekends this year because he's the regional director for Honda Challenge this year now. So mm -hmm. uh, he's doing like nine race weekends or something, which is mm -hmm. seems seems pretty intense. But, along uh, along the lines of uh, of family stuff with RVs. Uh, there is one of the super Miata drivers that whenever him and his wife go to like dinner parties with the kids, yeah, they take the RV so that the kids can sleep for like an hour, get an hour of sleep in the RV as they're driving back. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. So you just like roll up to this dinner party in your RV and then the kids have like, you know, they change their clothes and get in their pajamas and yeah. 
He said sometimes they even just leave them out there and just let them sleep in the RV for the night. Kids get bored, just put them outside, tell them to go yeah. to bed. <laughs> yeah, like no big deal. Now we 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 did uh, we did a bunch of family little camping trips and stuff. One of them at Sarah's uncle's house. A couple of them at uh, state parks and stuff. And uh, it's uh, it's super fun with a three year old. And you know we brought the dog along. And it's you got your own house, man. It's anywhere anywhere you want to go. But, yeah, uh, I would recommend that to anybody too. It's it doesn't suck, but they're they are they're a whole nother job though it's like you know it's a house on wheels but it's also kind of a poorly made house so you got to fix yeah. a lot of things but yeah like i'd say they they require more work than um pre-manufactured homes like mobile I, homes i put more work into that thing this year grant i mean granted i probably did a hundred hours of remodeling on it and like maintenance and stuff that had been put off by previous owners but uh um, I put more work into that than my real house and my race cars this year. So yeah, yeah. But it also it was probably more. I had more fun with it than I did with race cars uh, because yeah. you know because of who, who uh, would have thought? Like it, literally that that yeah. ride to Mid Ohio was the first time that I'd gone on an actual like trip in an RV. Yeah, yeah. And it was freaking awesome. Yeah. The the road uh, the drive to Road Atlanta was like, I mean it was like it takes a couple extra hours when you're in a big slow RV like that, but it mm -hmm. it, it made the event like it, coming back and being able to sleep on the way home. Everybody's got a bed. Um, it, it 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 just made it doable, you know. So yeah, and like if you are traveling cross country like that, you don't have to worry about you know making it to the hotel or yeah. there's nothing worse than having a hotel booked and getting behind schedule and getting to the hotel at like four in the morning and having to check out at 10. yeah, yeah. On, on the way home from uh, mid ohio when we were out there doing uh testing uh, for our new instructor program that we uh, were implementing at grid life um which I, we should talk about here in a second that's probably true we should talk about it, but go I, ahead. Uh, I forgot about I, that I, I did too until i just said that uh i got tired and i'm like i'm just gonna pull over and i got a bed in the back <laughs> so i just <laughs> pulled over and slept it was great yep but yeah no we're uh so yeah we're changing things with instructing at grid life this year so yep um and uh, some of the inspiration for it came from uh, from our buddy Scott Giles, who's been on the podcast before. He was one of the the creators of uh, Honda, Honda Challenge, Challenge. Yep. and uh, kind of an uh, SCCA NASA guy. Comes from uh, a background of a gajillion HPDEs and stuff. And he's good friends with Tom O'Gorman, and he's good friends with uh, Hayward Wagner, who is uh, the marketing director, who's going to be on the show soon, actually, uh, the marketing director and the experiential programs director for SCCA. Um, yeah, Hayward's going to be on the show talking about the new Time Trials national program um, or national event uh, and the rule set and stuff. Uh, but uh, the uh, they, Scott had been talking with Tom and with Hayward about, you know, the, the Track Night in America program and how it runs its beginners. And they don't put beginners in the car uh, with instructors right, si right seat uh, like most HPDEs do. Um, and so Scott and I were talking, and Scott had been talking to them about, like, what if we just do a glorified version of what Track Night does um, and really push the classroom aspect and the coaching aspect? And uh, so we kind of developed a plan, uh, and at Mid-Ohio in October, uh, Mike Cohn and I drove down, and a bunch of Grid Life instructors and a bunch of SCCA guys and some NASA guys, They, uh, we all basically converged on a SCCA PDX on a Friday before a club race weekend before the OVR fall sprints. Um, and we had, I think we had like 20 some beginners, like a regular beginner crowd. Um, and the way we set it up was we did, um, 
we did a you know regular drivers meeting um the beginners uh you know they were all in their in their cars they were ready to go we teched them all and stuff you know just regular hpd stuff uh and then instructors went out instructors were paired with a couple of beginners uh we had about 10 or 15 instructors um and so we got to we got to know our beginners and and this is stuff that i want to improve on with grid life you know we'll do We'll do meet and greets via email beforehand. We're going to do a um, a driver's meeting download beforehand via like a podcast style, so that people don't come to the track feeling overwhelmed by information morning of and feel more prepared. But uh, basically, we met them all day of, uh, talked to them, uh, talked to our beginners that were signed to us, uh, and then we took them for rides uh, in the first instructor session. Um, and I borrowed the Honey Badger CRX, which. Uh, um, which is a car that I helped build and then sold to Scott, to Scott Giles. It's just first-gen CRX with like 140 horsepower and more fun than you can imagine for no no money at all. But, I love uh, that stupid car. It, it's so cool. <laughs> it's, so ch- it's, it's such a little rad beater track car. Um, but, yeah, we took our students around. Um, and since I was like the instructor lead, I only had one student. A dude had a brand-new Jetta. Uh, did awesome. Uh, he was he was really good. He had never done track day before. Uh, so took him around, and uh, and and a lot of the instructors had to come in halfway through and switch beginners, you know, just to show them the lay of the land on the track as far as the, where it goes, basically. Um, and then we had our we had our first beginner meeting, kind of went over the basics, you know, the regular first beginner meeting track day stuff. Um, yep. And then first session we did uh, not lead follow, but kind of pace car style. Um, where instructors went out on course and beginners kind of followed them and worked up to pace a little faster, 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 faster throughout the session, and then got up to a pretty reasonable beginner pace for their first session out there, but there were no instructors in the cars. So uh, the way we changed things is we took the instructors, we put them all around the track uh, with radios. We all had our own radio signal uh, to where we could all talk to each other, Um, and we all had notepads, and we were all making notes of every car that went by how they did every lap um and then afterwards we met up with our beginners and we had the notes from everybody else so if a car was you know if car 10 was really blowing it here or there and we did this every session throughout the entire day um you you could you could say oh car 10 is my dude and you make a note um and then you talk to car 10 dude uh, afterwards saying yeah you really need to work on your entry into turn whatever what's his nose and you know your breaking point is whatever you know um and uh, it, it it really really it it worked out amazing it was it was better than i've seen beginners do in a single day at mid ohio probably ever uh, mm-hmm. and yeah it was just kind of that 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 style just kind of rinse and repeat the entire day we had a meeting after every session um which you know almost every session i think it was three three big meetings throughout the day um and they did amazing it was really really good uh and uh yeah so we're going to implement kind of a glorified version of that for grid life so we're going to have some audio visual stuff uh more instructors all around the track uh more lead follow instructors basically with pace car lights on top of their cars etc um but then uh, you know kind of work them up to pace and then just keep watching them um uh, i think i think we can really really change the the uh the traditional uh right seat need 
for instructors and make things kind of more safe. So my feeling, right. my feeling coming away from it is that the, uh, the beginners relied more on their instincts and more on the fear that a road course should instill in a beginner rather than mm-hmm. place all that trust and all that, okay, just tell me what to do. I'll be fine if he's in the car or if she's in the yeah. car, right? Um, yeah, you get kind of lured into this like false sense sometimes. I rem- yeah, I remember, I remember my first session uh, ever on a track with an instructor um, and I had done a couple of like instructor list like open track days uh, and just totally gone slow and sucked. But I remember my first session thinking, I'll be totally fine. I got an instructor in the car. He's not going to let anything bad happen. And I'm sitting here in like a 200 wheel horsepower, 2,000 pound car, just hauling up the straightaway, um, not knowing, you know, how in danger and with mismatched tires and AutoZone brake pads, all seasons in the back and Falcons in the front and like not knowing <laughs> how dangerous uh, of a situation I was potentially getting myself into because I placed all my trust in that instructor. Um and and looking at a lot of our beginners over the years, over the past 15 years that we've been hosting events, uh, I see some of that, you know, I feel like we've gotten lucky way more times with beginners than we should because we've had beginners with 1,000 horsepower cars, with 500 horsepower lightweight cars, like ridiculous power to weight ratios. Uh, they've never been on track. Um, I think we've gotten too lucky, and I want to change things. I want to I try and make it a little safer. And, uh, right. I think I think we got a pretty good formula. Um, there, there's a the the entire o- the entire overview is on grid.life under the drivers tab. Um, I think you might and there'll actually- be a there'll be a webinar soon too, right? Yeah. To discuss yeah, we're gonna, we're, with yep. with our instructors, we're going to basically go over this. Probably half of our instructor fields will be listening to this anyway, but. Um, it worked really, really well. Um, and obviously we can still, you know, it, it's not going to be required, but instructors can still hop in the car, right seat with one of their guys or gals if they're having a tough time and really want, because every, every person learns differently too. Um, so if that is required or, or wanted, you know, obviously they're welcome to do it, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell anybody they have to go right seat, uh, after what happened to, uh, to our buddy Dennis at Road Atlanta. So, yeah. Um, and, and I don't know if we've ever even really talked about it on, the, on this show, but uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, Dennis, maybe, uh, maybe Dennis was instructing at Road Atlanta and his his student had done many track days already, like several of them and was doing great. And then uh, saw the checkered flag, I guess. Uh, this is the this is what I hear. Uh, this is the s- suspected problem was he saw the checkered flag and just lifted instinctively going down 12 um, heading towards the bridge at Road Atlanta. Uh, which, if anybody's been in Road Atlanta, that's not the place to lift in a FRS. <laughs> so, uh, and yeah, just stuffed it into the wall hard. And Dennis went to the hospital. Uh, he was fine. Yeah. He's fine now, but uh, got a lot of medical bills. Um, and if anybody can actually go to um, go to GoFundMe and, and search Dennis Medical Fund, if you guys can donate to that, he's still got a bunch of outstanding medical bills. Um, yeah, I mean, talking about getting lucky, though. I mean, that's the you know really the first time and. However many years that somebody's we, needed medical attention at one of our events. Yeah, we had uh, we had one other incident where two beginner cars spun in the same spot on a kind of a damp-ish track. Uh, actually, no, they might have been intermediates. We were uh, at a Honda meet a couple of years ago. Um, we had instructors in intermediate cars first session out. It might have been intermediates. Uh, they spun in a similar spot and they hit each other because uh, one of them was like off track, stopped, and the other one spun in a similar way. It, and it was just really damp track, cold tires. 
situation. Um, they hit each other, but luckily the driver in the CRX had backed up, and the the passenger side door didn't get T-boned. It hit the front of the CRX, but like just in time, he backed up. Uh, I, this is the story that I heard, and they collided in the front end versus a full T-bone where the instructor probably would have been hurt. But right. um, yeah, it uh, you can never underestimate the ability of a of a car on a racetrack to just find a weird thing to hit. Um, and uh, yeah, no, this is this is a, this is a kind of a passion project for me after Road Atlanta. So um, it uh, I really want to uh, I really want to try and improve. Um, the safety aspect and and also still bring that same or a better uh, curriculum uh, and learning experience for the beginners you know so yeah uh, the advantage that this has is that you know if, if somebody has an instructor that they're not communicating with very well when it's right seat style that's not going to be a problem with this because um, pretty much everybody's being watched by every instructor so yeah so um, instead of having one assigned instructor it's yeah. almost like you have you know 10 or 15 assigned instructors yeah and all that information is getting fed through one instructor back yeah. to you. I'm a little bit stressed about about uh, the reaction from some people in the community. Um, even even talking about it now, like I'm worried, like what people are going to say. But well, people are people but, are going to be <laughs> resistant to change. That's the thing is we've tested this, and Track Night has tested like an even more basic model for what 250 track days. Yeah, um, and they've had like I think almost no beginner incidents at all. Um, I want to say it's like literally zero. They've had no big issues with beginners. They've only had like a couple of crashes ever. Um, mm -hmm. And they do a, a simplified model of this. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty convinced of its effectiveness. Um, and it's just a matter of how can we make this even better? So uh, I, I think going forward, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to doing it. Uh, and I, I've known a lot of beginners who have been a little bit resistant to the, you know, the guy riding in the car with them. Uh, and so this takes some of that away. Probably 20, 30 percent of the beginners I know, you can tell that they're like, eh, you know, I really... You know, you can just you can just see it in their eyes that they just you know they they don't feel comfortable in that right mm -hmm. seat kind of scenario. And there's a lot of responsibility when you got a guy riding right seat with you. So yeah, um, no, and I know too. It's um you know not every instructor is able to take the time, or you know maybe they just don't think about it. But doing sitting in this the car with the student after you come in from the session to be able to kind of go over how yeah. everything went, which and is I, a really important part of you know of learning. Yeah, and I know a lot of our instructors as they're getting older in the past fifteen years have have suffered more and more with nausea too, uh, which yeah. which is the reason that I got out of instructing myself. Um, I instructed pretty hardcore for like five years. Um, I was going all over, you know, just like you were, uh, you know, going all over the country, uh, getting as much seat time as I could. And I was paying for that by instructing, um, you know, VIR, you know, CMP, all those, you know, all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that, uh, that's just started to take a toll on me as far as, you know, all of a sudden I was like, ah, man, I never used to get sick like this. And I would, and it, yeah. it just kind of wrecks your day. And a lot, a lot of our guys have kind of found themselves feeling that way and this takes some of that uh some of that problem out they can still get some of the rewards of seeing a beginner progress so um i i think it's going to be a good overall system and if it doesn't work obviously we'll we'll fix it but i know it worked that day right so we'll see how it goes so yeah be no, i'm really looking forward this to year. it but yeah it'll be fun i think um and i think uh i think we're 
I think we're setting ourselves up pretty well with uh, with staffing, and we're trying to really organize this year. You know, it's only February, and we've had a conference call. And it seems like we have conference calls every day, but uh, but all of us talk all the time, and we're really we're really working towards having the most organized and dialed in track team that we've ever had. So I'm looking forward to it. But should be a fun year. So. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's going to be a great great season. Yeah, it should be fun. But, um, and speaking of which, uh, uh, the se- not seasons, but I guess shows. We don't actually have seasons like some of the other podcasts, but we have a show. We have a couple of shows coming up soon. Um, or do you want to do those before this or after this? With, uh, with, uh, with I was going to drop this probably this week. Yeah, and then we'll do the Jeff Brown shows Man. Uh, next week. I probably literally, week. I literally can't wait to hear those shows. <laughs> you know, I haven't, I haven't gone back and listened to them, but. I uh, I know that they're gonna be gonna be great, dude. Those that was the most fun couple hours I've probably ever had, and that was the last time I think I recorded. No, I recorded with uh, with Tony with Tori Skursky and with Abram coming back from Ice Battle. I gotta send those to you so you can edit them. Okay, okay. Um, but uh, I got them in the drive. I just I don't know if I actually linked you to them, but um, now that those shows with Jeff Braun, it was actually one show, but uh, we're probably breaking it. We're gonna two. break it into two. Yeah, it's like almost hours. two hours long. Man, that dude. I wish we could do the Jeff Braun uh, Austin Adams show because that dude rules. <laughs> if if he had the time, I'm sure he would love to. Uh, he's, we barely have the time for this, but uh, that dude is busy. He's all over the country. But man, what a fascinating guy! I love talking to that guy. So yeah, people got that to look forward to. So yeah, there's some uh, some really really interesting things that get talked about that um, some people he may have not even talked to uh, people about that stuff before. I don't know. Yeah, the the uh, the cheating in the old Arca cars or whatever. Uh, with, oh, with the transponder? W- no, with the ride height. Oh, the ride height. <laughs> yeah, yep. I thought that story was rad. Yep. But yeah, it should be uh, it should be a fun couple of shows. So, um, well, yeah, we're can't wait for, for those. We're into this thing for about an hour, and my voice is starting to go because I'm out of practice with podcasts. So, and I am I am still not home. I am going three miles an hour on the 405 right now you're coming back from uh speed ventures uh, headquarters uh, hq in, in like hollywood uh, how far is that mileage wise from you i think it's only like 14 miles or so we've been talking for like an hour 20 minutes <laughs> yeah i know and i still like i'm i'm probably a little over halfway home we're into the show for one hour right now we probably talked for 15 or 20 minutes beforehand and you had just left <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's um, oh, it's a it's a long one for sure. At least you got the delightful ambulance. Well, see, if I didn't have to record this freaking podcast on the way home, I would have ridden my motorcycle. Yeah, but hey, this is like ultimate multitasking. We should probably try because um, you can talk on your motorcycle headset so well. Yeah, but uh, you you would have to record. Yeah, yeah. that's the part. That's the part board. I'm leery of. I, yeah, I would screw it up. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I I need I need to play with a board and figure out how to do that. You got to teach me. You got to teach me your ways, Yoga Yoda. I will. I will. Actually, I might send you the board, and I'll just come up with some other small recording thing. I, I've got my dad's big old board. Um, no, that won't work. Well, I'll tell you right now, that won't work. It probably won't. It's oh no, he's got that new one, that box too. Does it have digital output, though? That's what it needs. It needs a USB out. You and I used it when we did the Type R Expo shows. Did we? Yeah, we used that board uh, because we hadn't bought one yet. We used, well, we used the box, but all I did, though, 
was use a line out instead of it going to a speaker. I that's true. Maybe you did. Took it into a computer um, and did it from there. When you come to Chicago next, I should show you this thing. You can tell me how to use it. I just <laughs> need to come to Chicago sometime soon. It uh, just for like just to come hang out. It, it's not that nice here yet, but uh, I guess it's I'm thinking probably- like April. April would be a good time. Maybe, maybe maybe I'll take an extra day or two around Mid Ohio. Yeah, let's do that. Let's. Uh, uh, I would like to make a better goal of a goal of recording uh, better and and more podcast at events um, and maybe schedule it into our day more. Uh, but uh, but before and afters before and after the events probably when we should re- record more. We just need to get the gears and gasoline guys to follow us around the whole day, and then we'll just have our own show within a show. I think they're busy at those events. Yeah, well, probably, then we'll get more of them. <laughs> we we need to clone the Bens. The uh, yeah, they did a good job this year with uh, with with what they did, and I can't imagine them doing more things. <laughs> those guys yeah. are running around like idiots all day. And the product, the product is so good. Yeah, if anybody uh, listening to this hasn't checked out the Gears and Gasoline YouTube page, um, they do awesome videos. But they did, they did, they followed us uh, for every event uh, for at the Grid Life Track Battle Series. They produce like a full, like half hour TV broadcast quality show about the Time Attack series. So uh, they, they're just, they're those dudes are just phenomenal. And they did a lot of the actual video at the festivals too of drifting and all that stuff too. But uh, that stuff's not in the Track Battle uh, Time Attack shows. But uh, man, the they're so good at what they do. I, lo- I really like to get to know those guys this year. That was another yeah, me too. Another advantage of uh, the 2017 Grid Life Series. So, uh, bringing in those dudes. So they're coming back this year too. So should be fun. But, Can't wait, man! It's gonna yeah. be a good season. Yeah, it'll be fun. So anyway, well, I'm gonna go and upload this to you, and then go get something to drink because my throat is getting dry. So, so all right, man. Um, have a, have a, have a, uh, another three hours of drive ahead of you, and I hope it's safe. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon, dude. All right. I'm going to hit See stop. Everyone. One, two, four, go.